Welcome to episode 34 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. All I am things. one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson. And guess what? We have a guest today. Another guest. Another guest. We have uh, one of the contestants from Robert Rodriguez's Rebel Without a Crew, yes. Mr. Alejandro Montoya Marin. Thank you for Hello. coming on the show, sir. Uh, thank you for inviting me, guys. Always a fun time. Okay, so we um, we were pretty much starting the interview not recording because yeah. we just immediately started talking to each other. <laughs> just like, when you get those people that you can just instantly talk shop with, it's great. Hey, we've never met. Let's talk about things for hours. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, we, we just started chatting. All right, so um, so you are you you filmed on the show. Yes. Which we've talked about a couple times on on several episodes. So if you haven't watched we, it, like get on it already. How yeah. many times do we have to tell you? Um, so I mean, I'm sure you've probably talked about this a lot. So you may probably be sick, sick of it. Of I don't show. know. Yeah. But you know, if you can just give us a little, just a little bit of what that experience is, experience was like. Oh man. Um, I mean, obviously, when you talk about something, you're just like, oh, here we go again. But it's one of those experiences that you'll always live with. You know how photo. You know, photo books, uh, I don't know, kids nowadays, I mean, they, uh, everything is in their phones. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when they had, like, photo albums, like, that's how we used to see our memories. And now, like, this is something I'll, I'll be able to go back and see. And it's, you know, the behind the scenes of meeting other four filmmakers doing getting to shoot my first feature film and meeting one of my idols. So, no, I'm always thankful for it. And it's basically a show where Robert chose five filmmakers to do what he did back in 1992, which is make their first feature film from 7k no crew in 14 days and um, i was lucky to be one of the contestants and mm-hmm. i did an act comedy called monday you know what one of the things that i loved about the show is that it wasn't like competition based you know it was just like here's a bunch of money make your stuff and then we're kind of celebrating the fact that um you know on one hand it's 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 how tough is it to make uh, a feature film under these constraints but on the other hand you have like look at how much more you can do with that money these days yeah yeah so but i that's that was my main thing i was like i love that it's not competition based it's just about the the process of it you know because so many of the like you see the other ones like project green light and it just feels like a competition like you have all these people coming in you yeah. know trying to get like who's going to be who's the best filmmaker to get the script and all this stuff and this was just purely about filmmaking which is great I'm not going to lie. If it was a competition, I remember telling these guys afterwards, I'm like, if this was a competition, you would have seen another side of Alejandro. <laughs> <laughs> Hot throat. <laughs> That's, that would have been me. Like, I'm not talking. You're not my friend. I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really funny because, I, you know, I said it in jest, but I believe there was a point where one of the contestants didn't get her equipment in time or something. Did I, yeah. I? And you like helped her out, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I would have done that." <laughs> and then he's like, "It's not a competition." I was like, "Oh, that's right." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh, he's way nicer than I would have been." <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, it was Bola, and I remember that day so much because we were still trying to pin down a loca- uh, not locations but a cast mm-hmm. because they tell you, "Hey, you gotta have your cast by Friday at six p.m." The Saturday was all. Like it was a photo shoot, mm-hmm. it was uh-huh. a podcast, I think. It was just basically promotional stuff. 
And then Sundays they obligate you to like kind of rest half a day, which no one did. We immediately got to the hotel. <laughs> but they take away your they would take your computer away. Oh, geez. oh wow. Yeah, so they're like you are forced to just relax. But you can't. You're, you're already in that mode of like trying to get stuff yeah. done. Because it's gonna be hell, man. Yes. Yeah. Especially because it's there's no like, well, we'll just shoot it next week, and it's what you shoot in these 14 days. That's your movie. There's no shooting. There's no reshots. Or yeah. Reshoot. Yeah. Yeah. They were pretty strict with that. I remember one of the contestants like didn't finish transferring the file over yeah. in time, and it didn't get to air or something. The trailer like that. when yeah. they were doing the trailers, right? I think. Yeah, they're pretty strict. Yeah. It's good though. You need those boundaries sometimes to help you. Like otherwise, you're just going to keep finessing, finessing, finessing yeah. forever. I agree. I think we finished. Um, I think Josh was the first one to finish the movies. Mm-hmm. I think. I think I was the second one. Mm-hmm. And it's true because when we were watch, I was watching. And I'm like, look. I showed it to a couple of friends. Like, what do you think? People were like, no, that's great. I mean, obviously, you know, there's. I always get upset because there's a couple of shots that are like minorly out of focus. So I get really, really, really pissed. Oh, of course. You're, you're your own worst critic. Exactly. And yeah. then we didn't have a follow focus. We didn't have a monitor. So it's kind of like, man, but pe- the response from them were like, no, dude, this is funny. This is good. It, it, it makes me want more. Just do it. But that's the audience member. You as a director, you lived through that and you didn't sleep and mm-hmm. you were driving. 5 a.m. just like after, you know, doing a bunch of work, you're like, no, it's got to be better. Yeah. So yep. I, I think that there was a deadline. So you just be like, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we definitely uh, I, I learned the importance of monitors, uh, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, when we would we would shoot something and then, well, you know, Paul shooting it and then we would get home. And we always go through the footage together. That's like after a shoot, it's usually the following day because the day of the shoot that we're done, we're like spent. And so the next day we get up, we're like, okay, let's go through all of the footage and let's mark every scene that we want to keep. And, you know, seeing him just be like, I swore that was in focus because the monitor was so tiny on the, on, on oh, the actual shot, camera. Yeah, when we shot Allegheny Creek, it yeah, was Yeah, and it worst. was like, he's just like, I swear that was in focus. But, you know, when your monitor is teeny tiny... That looks like it's in focus. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, we need to invest in a monitor. Oh, yeah. No, and we tried, like, uh, they, they, they tried to make it as authentic because everyone's like, oh, but Robert and inflation. He's, um, and, and our response is so true because he talked to us about it. He's like, yeah, but I spend 90% of my budget on film. Right, you guys right. And we're like, I... I you know, you know what, man? We're, we're all becoming a bunch of complainers nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Idiot. And I was just like, hey, man, he's right. Let's stop bitching and just start shooting. Yeah, I mean, you get, you're getting free money to make a film. Yeah, uh, you get to meet one, have of, fun. You know, one of the, the, the new instigators of independent film. Because obviously, you know, uh, John Carpenter, Corbin. It's, but Robert Rodriguez is like, he's in the realm with Tarantino, Wes Anderson, Kevin Smith, and all those. Yep. Uh, Bigelow and... and um, I forgot uh, the guy from uh, Boyhood and Before Sunset. Oh. Jesus. I'll find out. <laughs> oh, I forgot his Boyhood name. Boyhood was uh, 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 that guy. You know that guy who did that I thing. I know. And people that are going to be here are going to be like, look. Uh, Richard Linklater. 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 Yeah. And we met him at, at South By. Oh, nice. 
Josh, Josh's story was great. Josh, we were walking by and he's leaving. And Josh goes, Richard Linklater, thank <laughs> you for everything you've done. We were already tipsy. We were at the, <laughs> we were at the Alito Battle Angel party at South by. And then, so we, you know, we're drinking, we're on the set and we're having a great time. Um, and then he passes, Richard Linklater, thank you so much for everything you've done. And Richard Linklater turns around. Smiles and puts a face like, "Who the fuck are you?" And then turns around and leaves. <laughs> that was great. That's awesome. So another uh, more of those those uh, Rodriguez proteges. Just ignore them. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those ridiculous seven K filmmakers. <laughs> what? Uh, what? How did you get into it? Even before, um, you know, obviously you were making films well before that show came along. So what? What drew you to filmmaking? And I've always been like a fan of film, like always, 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 always. Um, I see my nephews now. Maybe it's the whole iPod and iPad, but they have an iPad and they're watching a movie. And it's like, dude, you just your attention. Uh, yeah. Your attention span is ridiculous. You know, it's bad to me. They would put a movie and I could just like I would sit and just start watching it. And like like my I remember my uncle was. It would put Superman, the Richard Donner one, and a a back-to-back 30-minute uh, or an hour episode of Woody Woodpecker where he turns into a vampire or uh-huh. something. And I loved it. And I would talk about it. I'm like, oh, and then when they reveal. So it's always been that way. And then when I was in junior high, I was failing a bunch of subjects because, uh, I, you know, in junior high, I, did, I, I realized, oh, I don't have to go to school and I can get girls to like me if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm the funny guy. <laughs> Isn't that always so the goal I, back then? I mean, that works for comedians, so yeah. <laughs> exactly right. That's why comedy was made. <laughs> and um, I, the teacher was like, "If you don't do an extracurricular activity, something like pretty impressive, you're gonna fail." So I said, "Oh, can I do a play?" And I'm like, "And, and mind you, this is before Rushmore. This is '93." No, 94 in Mexico, in Merida, Yucatan. And she goes, yeah, sure. So I got all my friends to dress up like, and this is like five Mexican friends, little Mexican teenagers dressed up like they're Scottish. (laughs) (laughs) And we did Braveheart, and I took a bunch of, like, skirts from my aunt. And then my dad had a bar, and not a bar like, like, you know, like Buffalo Wild Wings, but a bar in his house. You know, he has a room the big music guy so he always likes having friends and having some drinks and putting music in concerts and in his wall he had a bunch of swords that he he bought when he went to spain and he went to like europe and whatnot so he took all the swords (laughs) and then we did this whole like interpretation of braveheart for the whole school and then from there kind of like you know what it's it's you know it's still my dad's camera let's do a movie and then we just went from there the rest is history yeah it was fun Awesome. And is that what you, you do? You you do like commercial work too, right? That's kind of how you yeah, I've done live, a couple I guess. Of, yeah, I, I'm production manager for a, for a Spanish-speaking uh, television uh, station. Okay. But um, I do like, you know what my favorite thing would be? If I could make a living just making music videos, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love music videos. Yeah, they're so great because you can just, you know, you have, um, you can tell a story, you could be very visual, which we all love doing, and, you know, it's, it's you know, you, it, you don't have to commit as much time as you do to a feature. Yeah. I agree. 
I totally agree. Yeah. I, I, and it's an art that's really great. Like, I mean, there's some videos that are better than movies out there. Oh, I don't yeah. know, man. Yeah, we uh, we did a we did a music video two summers ago for yeah. um, for a local band, and um, just because of scheduling conflicts, it took most of the summer because it was like a double. It was like um kind of like it was a two a, song. A, yeah, it was like a double feature, if you will. But in but there in was song a story form. thread through it, so you had like three minutes of story and then yeah, a song narrative. and then another story, and then so it was that was really fun. But it's uh, it's some of the best looking stuff. That we were just like, oh, because I think that was when you first got the, um, the camera, yeah. The and so, yeah, you could just be creative, and yeah, it's really great. Yeah. I agree. I think music videos are fun if they, if especially if you, if there's like a narrative and stuff, you can yeah. really like work that in. Well, if the, and also if the song's good because you can make a great music video and then the song is just crappy. And yeah, just like, it defeats the purpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or the band just wants to play in a you know a living room or something, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> Can it, make, can it just yeah. be a dark room with a smoke machine? Can it not? Because yeah. <laughs> we've seen that already. <laughs> yeah, unless there's something creative where it's like the room starts filling up with blood or something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> something, I don't know. Does the band drown in blood? That might be interesting. <laughs> and then we could be like, hey, the Strokes did that already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you're now in the process of uh, you're in your crowdfunding. So we were talking about the joys of that. This is your first experience with it. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to hell. <laughs> Thank you. It's hot in. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, w tell us a little bit about that, like your goals and everything, and where you are with it. Um. So I about I don't know about like six months ago we were ready to start production on the sequel to Monday, which is the movie we did for Rebel Without a Crew, and mm -hmm. then X or Y reason that kind of like fell through. And I was like, you know what, man? I am really, I really want to do a movie stat. You mm -hmm. know, like I've seen Monday too much. So I'm like, I kind of want to do something different. Mm -hmm. yep. So the script, we had funding and the guy that was going to fund it wanted to change so much stuff to kind of like, it'll start tearing apart what the movie's really about. The movie, even though it's based in um, the last week of 1999, and it's about two friends that are trying to like, it reached a point in their life along with planet earth and America where it's like the new millennium's coming, the big change is coming mm -hmm. kind of resembles them in teenage life. Like one of them is um, first generation American mm -hmm. and he got accepted to the master's masters. So masters like a really good school, but uh, he wants to do comedy and, you know, in the eyes of, of a father who's an immigrant who's worked his ass off to get his kid to a good college. That's not right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Problems that we've all had. Uh, there's more to it because there's another lead character. It's basically two lead characters. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I told the guy, you know what? No, thanks. You're giving me 50K. You're not giving me a million dollars. I'm not getting paid. Right. But I right. So much. Uh, uh, the script and the idea and the characters and, you know, the whole team, man. We have people that make 600 bucks a day working for, you know, for, for Bubkiss because yeah. they believe in the project. Right. And I'm just like, you know what? No. Thank you. We'll do it in, in Indiegogo. And it is incredibly time consuming, guys, as you guys oh, are. Yeah. Incredibly. But every time I refresh and I see 60, 165 followers where it grows, it just, you know, brings a smile on my face. You know, it's there's 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 a support. Yeah. Yeah. And now you have now you have the what, what we all uh, crave is the creative control to to tell the story properly. 
and, and I listen, like that's the thing. It's I always listen to suggestions, but it's like when it's something so drastic where it's like, well, this character that has two lines to particularly mean this, and that the purpose of that character is this for this at that moment for the lead character, he should have 30 more minutes. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not the, you know. Everybody loves to art direct, you know? I think I have to say that is, that's always been, you know, I, I, I say this. I say this with a grain of salt here, like this is really gonna, it's not like someone's gonna be like, oh, here's $2 million to make your movie. I'm prepared for that to never happen in our career, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's always been a fear of mine, you know, especially mm -hmm. as an, as unknown filmmakers. I think, mm -hmm. you know, you're more established directors, they can just say, no, not changing that, you know, and that they have a following. So producers and, and, and uh, studios might be more inclined to kind of work with them yeah but for people like us it's like well we're giving you money it's like i understand that but you're giving me money to create this film so if you're right. going to change 50 percent of it it's no longer my film right because they're giving you money for a reason right they believe in you and they believe in what you made so for them to just turn around and especially for you as a writer yeah. sure, like as a writer it's the worst because you like you're the first person yeah. to tell the story and and then by the time the film is done you're the you know there's been it's been told yeah. three or four I'm, more times I'm, I'm all for when i write something i give it to you and i'm like tell me if this makes sense what doesn't make sense that mm -hmm. you know whatever but it's to, you make little changes but if you were like oh i completely hate this character altogether it's like well that's the main character so that's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like that's not gonna... like this guy with the whip and the uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> This uh, th this chick with the Bruce Lee uh, yeah. suit and the sword, she's not doing it for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I that that's I don't know. I, I mean, and like you said, now if, if studio comes to us and they're like, "Look, we like this concept. Uh, we want to we want to buy it off of you." Yeah, I'm like, you can have it. <laughs> so this way, you do whatever you want to it. But if I'm actually able to pay off my house, I'll write something yeah. else. I I can always write more stuff. Right. But if it's something we're creating. That's different. Yeah. I agree. Like if you're and I told him like, man, you're giving me 50K, not a million dollars. I'm not going to I'm not going to make a cent for I'm not going to make a living for six months to, right. to whatever. Right. Like I'm down to listen. But if you're changing something super pivotal that I think works, it's. You know what? Let's just do another project together and hire me by all means. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? You know, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it, you know, if, if, if somebody wants that much creative control over it, that's fine. But then they need, the, then the dynamic needs to change. Either we go with a different story or, you know, or, or, or whatever. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think like uh, Paranormal Activity was a good example of that. They yeah. did change some things. Yeah. But for the yeah. most part, it was the same film. And I think that's the kind of film that studios despise because it was made for so little. Yeah. There was so little to it and it did so well. You know, they're yeah. just like, damn it. <laughs> you know. Uh, but that's a good example of like, okay, I think what they did was mostly like test audience stuff. Because mm -hmm. um, I know that the the version that Spielberg saw was different. It was the the original version. They mm -hmm. changed some stuff for what audiences would, I guess, tolerate. But yeah. for the most part, it was the same story. And when and you yeah. when you're giving me money, like a lot of money, it's like, all right, I'm going to change certain things. I'm good on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, that exactly. attached to it. <laughs> it's like I was I, I was honestly like I got offered something and I'm like, like, you know what? Let's when is that? Oh, no. In, in the summer. Awesome. I want to do this movie. 
Like I, I have this feeling about this movie. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. I just like the, I like the character Kelly. I like the character Miguel. I like the world they live in. I like the music. I mean, we're trying to get music from Liz Fair, Primitive Radio Gods, um, Arches of Love. Like, it's just a. I don't know. I want to see this movie. Like, this would be if someone would make this movie. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> you know. So I'm just like, man, I'm sorry, but we'll work on another one and uh, I'll do whatever it takes, man. Like we were just talking about, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm even willing to sell my car to make this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, what we were talking about earlier was uh, the sacrifices that we make, obviously like saying yeah. selling your car, uh, you know, and, and Paul and I have not really had breaks in 12 years. We've gone away on like two, what would be considered big trips. For us, and probably not to other people, they yeah. do that yearly. Well, but every day is a vacation with you, baby. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so, so, you know, I think it's there's also that balance. You know, we are we're now in pre pre production, mm-hmm. and it's it, this is the biggest film that we've ever done, uh, and and so. I think there's there's always that temptation. It's not about extravagance. It's not about, oh, well, we're asking for money, but now we're going to go on an extravagant vacation. Right. Somebody would say, well, well, shit, if you got money to go on vacation, what are you asking me for money for? But it's just yeah. like being able to say, let's take a weekend that is that has nothing to do with this film. Let's face it. If we go out to dinner, all we're going to be talking about is this film. That's okay. <laughs> exactly. But um, to just kind of decompress because... How how effective can I be if I don't have that break? Yeah. You need that step yeah. back to be able to look at it from a fresh yeah. perspective. Yeah. Either well, you know, so either go on vacation or get like a couple massages. It's one or the other. Yeah, right. <laughs> I agree. And as a filmmaker, you need experiences or how are you gonna portray human emotion? Like you need you need to go out and you need to get drunk with your uh, significant other and laugh about the mundane things and how's the hangover and eating and then experiencing a museum and then turning around and seeing, I don't know, the, the ocean for the first time. How does that make you, you need experiences to portray that in film Yeah, yeah. or else we're, or else we're just mimicking other movies. Yep. Especially, especially as a writer having the yeah, experiences, you know, I always thought that was really cliche, right? When I first started writing, I was, you know, I mean, there there is the cliche of like, I go up to my cabin to write, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have the luxury of going up to a cabin to write. I have to write on my couch, but yeah, I <laughs> so I'm writing wherever the hell I am. But there is, there is like a mindset that you get into. And I have this little, th- I don't know why it just became a thing very early on in my writing that I have to write to some kind of background noise. I can't write in silence. And so it's either the TV, TV is on, or I usually have music playing in the background. And every yeah. every script that I've written has its own soundtrack of like the same twelve or twenty songs that I listened to uh-huh. for that you know for those two inspired. weeks to two months that yeah. I wrote that. So weird. And then every time I hear those songs, I think of that script because it's like it just kind of feeds off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heck yeah. No, that's. Music, music is incredibly important, and experiences. I agree. Yeah, you have. Uh, I know. In Monday, uh, music was a big part of that um, production. Yes. Um, yes. Which is aw- awesome. I love filmmakers that have a, um, you know, just like a, a connection with music because mm-hmm. it's 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 so important, and I think it's creative as well, and and it drives so for, at least for us, it drives so much of what we do. 
and the right music too. How many times have we watched big budgeted films yeah. and gone like, who the hell picked this song? This doesn't yeah. make any sense here. <laughs> we just watched this song recently. It was it was scored like a comedy. It was yeah, really... we were watching something that was a drama, but it was scored like a comedy, and I was like, was this on purpose? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It's like just because you can get a big band doesn't mean you need to use it. I. I'm very I've always been very musical driven like I can spend a day without watching a film but I cannot spend a day without listening to a song yeah yep I need it and we were talking about my family is all very musical driven like my dad's all about jazz and um, my uh, my mom is very 70s disco my Mm. brothers were very hair metal Mm. and then I I was the alternative alternative rock one yeah you got like all genres there yeah you got all the bases covered (laughs) your your, your children will be into classical and you'll have it all complete (laughs) yeah my grandfather is huge into classical music there you go six my grandpa would like record tapes like beethoven chopin or just like here you go and i'm just like this is awesome so (laughs) if i ever go to a party i can defend myself like yeah 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 i know who f leopard is yeah (laughs) It's, you know, I noticed that a lot too. people that are, are really into film and stuff. They usually have the, a connection to music. And I grew up, you know, my mom was kind of like an ex hippie. So, but we listened to everything. The only thing we didn't listen to was like modern country music, which I still can't do. Mm. Um, but, you know, it was like, we would go from bluegrass to like, from Zeppelin to basha to linda ronstant like like all over the place and i remember i remember uh like a couple months ago we used to we used to listen to one of linda ronstant's albums the one of the all spanish albums my um my uncle was uh from from mexico and so he you know they used to listen to a lot of mariachi and all that stuff and so i i know the whole album you know and it's i hadn't heard it since i was i don't know probably seven years old and it's like yeah. with film like it all comes back to you and i was just like rocking out in my car to like one of Hell the yeah. songs and i'm like oh my god it's still you know it's that variety i can't i can't deal with like when someone says they only listen to one kind of music i'm like that is so boring <laughs> it's, a cop, it's a cop out or i feel that they're just they don't want to experiment and try anything new because I I'm not a fan of reggaeton. Yeah, like I can't do it either. <laughs> do that shit. But whoever says, "Oh no, hip hop," and I don't like hip hop. It's like really, you don't like you don't like early Kanye, pre crazy Kanye. You don't <laughs> like Tribal Quest, De La Soul. Oh, I don't like rock. Really, you don't like the Beatles, Rolling Stones. And like there's so many there's so many varieties in that too, right? Like you could say, like I don't like modern rap, but I'm like '90s rap. Cause that was my time, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I can go back to that, but you can not like certain areas of that music, but you know, for somebody, yes, yeah, they just, well, I don't, I don't like hip hop. Like, have you listened to every hip hop album yeah. out there? Yeah. Drive Cold Quest, De La Soul, Jesus. Right. Yeah. yeah. The Far Side. The far Side. <laughs> we're going back. We're going, we're kicking a 90s style here. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, back to the, I guess back to the crowdfunding. Like, so what is um, do you do you have locations and things like that set up, or you're are you do you have your cast and your crew and everything, or? So we we have like half of the locations because we basically paused uh, once when we did that because I was like I could keep going but I'm not doing that. I want to secure the funding because I want to 
be 100% that I can pay people. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to just like, hey, guys, welcome to day one. Uh, we don't have any money, so right. you're working for like that is that is just a scammy and yeah. fire festival fire festival way of dealing business. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not doing that. So as soon as we do that, we'll continue. We'll continue, but uh, cast is um you know like 75% casted. Uh, music is uh, we already have like a preliminary of what songs uh, to use. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still like we still need like about maybe a month of pre and We'll be perfect, ready to go. Okay, nice. Uh, That's pretty far along. Are you filming in New Mexico or are you filming somewhere else? We'll be filming in New Mexico and Albuquerque and Austin, Texas. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Only like two days in Austin, Texas. Um, But there's this video store. Well, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give it away. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I'm I'm really excited. Video stores. I remember those. Yeah. (laughs) I miss them. Those are the good old days. I worked at a video store. It was like Me one of too. my best jobs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I worked at a I, video I, store shortly after seeing Clerks. Mm. <laughs> nice. And I was like, and I, it wasn't far from that movie, to be quite honest. It was a pretty close depiction of what it was what like to work like, at a yeah. video store. It was like you worked, but it was more like you were hanging out. Yeah. And totally. you worked. And there was ironically where the video store that i worked in right next door was a deli mm. so it was like i was like this is meant to be yeah <laughs> i'm literally living in this film <laughs> yeah, you, you watch uh you watch the matrix or whatever and then you're like you know what i can use a sub right now <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my yeah. god this was even before the matrix yeah this was like oh this was like 95 I think Hell I got yeah. that job because uh, Matrix, I think, came out like 97 because I remember like just mm-hmm. graduating high school when it came out. So this was like nine from 95 to like 97. I worked there and it was, you know, it, from from just hanging out and ignoring customers <laughs> to having to chase out the kids out of the porn section. Yeah. You know, uh, the curtain. The curtain. You know? Yeah. You'd see the curtain moving. You're like, get the hell out of there. <laughs> and they would <laughs> steal all the boxes. <laughs> Yeah, they would like steal all the boxes and like, <laughs> just, like do whatever they do, you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> and everyone always stole the best movies. So we were the video store that never had classic films. Somebody come in and be like, do you have The Godfather? No. We have the box. But yeah. someone never brought the movie back because it was all bootleg. Like yeah. the whole video store was illegal. So that that was great. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> those are the days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those days. I loved them. So, I loved it. Honestly, if there still would be video stores, I'd still go. I love them. They yeah. did. A, they were doing like a pop up blockbuster. Did you hear about that? Mm-mm. They did. They're doing like these pop up blockbusters where you could actually like go and get movies, and hmm. they sell the popcorn and all that stuff. I would go. <laughs> I remember that you'd have to go on a Tuesday because that's when new movies came out, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was a Tuesday. I think so yeah, and you had to try to get there early before all the. The, the new movies were gone. Oh my God, forget Otherwise, it. Otherwise, you're stuck to the middle of the store with all the, the older films, which, which which were great as well. Yeah. Well, I would obligate myself to rent a new one, a middle one, and like a really old one. So yeah. I can like, and, and that's the thing. I feel that that's why we have more appreciation for movies and we had more patience because going, spending the time there, renting it, heading home, dinner, yeah. like an ordeal of an hour and a half. Now it's just people. Just watch it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't like to take it off where it's before it's like, ugh, all right. I, 
I'll give it a shot. I'll give it more of a shot because it's consumed a lot of my time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if we wanted to go to Blockbuster, which was nowhere near our house, we had to walk like, I don't know, like 16 or 17 blocks mm. to the Blockbuster. There was a local video store, but they didn't have everything. Mm-hmm. And then the Blockbuster, if you wanted stuff that we had to walk. Yeah. All the way. So if you walked all the way to Blockbuster... <laughs> You were watching that movie yep. a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're gonna, we have it for three days. Watch it three times. Yeah. And the adventure, the adventure of getting to the blockbuster, you know, and and you know, chatting with your friends and just shooting the shit in the street. You, you someone tells you a story, then this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard about this. Let's rent this movie. Then the way back. It's like, I don't know. It's I, I miss I miss that uh, when when everything was not so easily accessible. The yeah. inaccessibility of everything, right. yeah. To work for it a little bit. Because then you find a gem and it's like way bigger because you had to like really scrape down the barrel to find it. Like the way I found Goodfellas when I was 10. I was, no, I'm lying. Mentiroso. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like 12. I, I, it, I was pretty young, but it was like a year or two after it would come out. And um, uh, the video store that I, that I, that I had... Had two, two, it was a two story one. And one of them was like all the new ones. And in the bottom one was like all the, all the older ones. And there was a section about uh, the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I was going through them and I would rent Oscar winners. And, you know, that's how I saw a bunch of them. And then I read one where it's like, oh, look, it's Scorsese and De Niro. Eh, fuck it, I'll watch it. And that was the first time I saw Goodfellas. And yeah. I just couldn't stop talking. Plus, now I think there's so much more. Uh criticism on not not criticism in a bad way but like every movie that comes out you know about it and you know about it well in advance yeah you're bombarded with trailers and yeah everyone's now a film critic like i Mm -hmm. there's some people that i really like like i love you know red letter media ralph Mm -hmm. uh what's his name ralph the movie the movie guy and yeah chris stuckman like there's a bunch of people that i like because they have like a very smart opinion and some you know they're joking about it but some people are just like too overly critical and it's like dude how about you just shut up and you do a movie see how good you are my man. yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah it's like enjoy the movie they you know and they and they seem to grade every film on the same uh you know with the same scale and like i'm not gonna watch you know um avengers the same way that i'm gonna watch a quiet place you know i mean those are to- two For totally sure, different there's, there's, experiences you know so no, yeah, I, it's. I think people should, you know, give a give independent filmmakers and filmmakers, and you know, more. Not everything's comic books. Sit down, watch some movies. It's 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 good stuff, man. Yeah, like I love a good comic book film, but yeah. you know, a, a good indie film is just as exciting to me. God, did you guys see that? Uh, you were never really here movie. Not yet. It's not on yet. my list. Yeah, it's not <laughs> Wait, my Netflix queue is like two hundred and seventy-eight <laughs> films. <laughs> It's ridiculous, and I'm yeah. like I'm a huge like uh, I'm a huge documentary nut, so I usually oh, watch that, like documentaries. Are good, good point. Yeah, I, I watch like two at least two documentaries a week, and I've had weeks where I've watched like four or five of them. <laughs> uh, I yeah. really I really like documentaries, mm-hmm. uh, but the point that I was going to make actually was in reference to like inaccessibility, and I think that now I think Bird Box was a perfect example uh-huh. of 
you know, people talk up a film. They talk and they talk and they talk and they talk. And we've said this before. I, I hate that because then I have this preconceived notion of what I think this film is going to be yeah. based on other people's opinions. And then I watch it and I'm like, that's not what I expected. And maybe I would have liked it, but now I kind of don't mm-hmm. because it was talked about so much. And that's what I like about indie stuff. It's like you see a tra- you don't see a trailer on TV or anything like yeah, that. You know, I can see a quick fresh. trailer and I'm like, that looks really good. I like the cast. Can't wait. To- and I won't watch the trailer again. Mm-hmm. Because I want to, I, I just want to sit and enjoy whatever the story is without other people's opinions. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of. And then immediately the first day, it's like let's ex- the, the ending explained. It's like no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see that everywhere. Not stupid. Just go watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- yeah. And then you can't if you want to see something, you can't be on social media because everybody will wreck it and try to tear. <laughs> you know, at Bird Box, let's explain the ending. Listen. That is not a confusing ending. If you didn't get it, you should stop watching films. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, you don't need to explain that one. I guess maybe like, what was it? Uh, everything has to be spoon fed and like yeah, exactly. That's 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 my thing is I, I, I like when I like when films are not not pretentiously obscure. You know, some films you're like, all right, you're trying too hard to confuse me. But yeah. I like when two people watching a film can have two different adaptations of what they think happened at the end. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. You know, and I, I feel like mass, mass uh, audiences that, you know, I try to that's everybody. not, yeah, it's, it's, let's, let's simplify this and dumb it down and strip it completely so that there's no question about what might've happened at the end. And that happened when we saw, did you see that movie prisoners? I love prisoners. We saw that in the theater. And so, you know, watch, I mean, the cast was crazy, you know, so watch the whole thing. And people actually sucked their teeth and booed at the end because of the way it ended. Yeah. Which to me was like, I mean, first of all, he heard the whistle. Yeah. So even if you're confused, clearly he's going to find him. Yeah. But because they didn't offer that cookie cutter, concrete, like you get yeah. to see him get rescued. People were actually miffed about that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, man, there's no hope. <laughs> No, I, I, I was perfectly fine with the ending. But yeah, uh, what's his name? Um, Nightcrawler. J.J. J- 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 Hall. Yeah. yeah. He heard the whistle. He's going to get saved. Right. <laughs> and he's going to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very dark ending because technically, uh, I mean, that's, 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 the, that's the whole point that he's like, he did all this shit. He was kind of right, but kind of wrong. So mm-hmm. he's going to... Not gonna be a happy ending. Yeah, the little girl's not murdered and she wasn't raped, but the dad is going to jail for nearly killing the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just right. I, I don't know. It just it made me so sad yeah. to see that right. reaction. I was like, this is what bothers you. Like yeah. it bothers you. Oh man, <laughs> it's all over. What happened? You want to hear a funny story? Of course, always. Uh, it, it, it entails prisoners. Oh, um, all right. <laughs> when it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to." I was going to go to Mexico City for New Year's and see my grandpa. And um, my grandfather is hardcore technological. Like this is a 90 year old man who has better equipment than me. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker has. I called him. It was hilarious. So I'm like, hey, Grandpa, uh, do you have a Blu-ray? And he goes like in a cocky, uh, cocky tone, just like, um, for what room, son? I have four. What, what, what <laughs> <do you have? laughs> 
kid. And I'm like, damn. Like this last week, I called him like, hey, Grandpa, do you uh, do you have a 4K TV? He goes, I have two, actually. They're both curved. <laughs> <laughs> Just to fuck with me. So I told him, hey, man, I have this movie called Prisoners. Uh, I'm going to bring it. So we, I brought it. And uh, he was telling me that he has some concerts and, and Blu-ray and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you should. He, he gave me money. You know, like I was still like two, like five years old. He goes, go to the to the video store or whatever or store and buy some movies that you think they could shine in Blu-ray. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome, Grandpa. Like to me, I felt like I was like 10 years old again, just buying stuff. And it was yeah. for him. So, like big spectacle movies and. And we watched uh, Prisoners because I'm like, Grandpa, you're going to love this. Cause, and he goes, I don't want something that's futuristic and superheroes. I'm like, no, no, no. So he watches the movie and he loved it. Like, what you think, Grandpa? He's like, that's really good. I'm like, all right. And I put the movie back in my bag. And he goes, uh, leave that on the on – the, on the, on the, on the, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, you want to watch it again? No, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I'm like, what? But this is mine. He's like, it was. <laughs> he kept prisoners because he really liked it. Uh, Willow doesn't play around. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Damn, I wish my, my grandfather would just fall asleep watching baseball every time yeah, he visited seriously. us. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, baseball is a little boring on TV. It's a lot on boring. Uh, a lot boring. <laughs> I love it live. There's nothing sexier than that sound of a hit. That, the yeah. connecting hit, it just sounds so cool. Yeah, I went to one game. I went to a, a game. game. Yeah, me too. I went to a Mets game. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like it's it's all right, you know, hanging out, watching the stuff happen. You're a basketball guy. Yeah. Who do they play? Who do they play? Oh, I have no I don't idea. Remember? I have no idea. <laughs> I was like twelve. <laughs> I just remember it was like right after 9-11, so every plane that flew over, we're like looking at it. <laughs> oh man, that must have sucked. The tension, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this was a, this was an interesting place to be. During that time, I was in. I lived in Brooklyn at that time. Mm. Yeah, so it was like crazy. It was like, what happened? You were there when it happened. Yeah, I've always lived. I lived in the city my whole life up until I was like twenty six. I moved upstate. Um, You know, we're in upstate New York, but um, I was, you know, born and raised there. I, I stayed there for most of my life, and uh not really upstate. When you say upstate, people think of like Syracuse. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. we're like an hour north of Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a, it, it was a weird time. My my ex husband actually was working right on the other side of the bridge, so he was he could see all the smoke. Mm. Yeah, this was like before, like we had cell phones, you know. <laughs> so you just had landlines to be like, "What the hell's going on?" You know, and yeah. no trains, no buses, nothing. Uh, it was an interesting time. Yeah, definitely an interesting time. And then, and, and now here we are politically. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, uh, don't even get me started. So little yeah. has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Some crazy time warp we got into. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, don't even get me started on when, that. I love when they talk, when uh, particular people talk about Mexico, where it's like, oh, you don't God. Know what you're talking about, bro. I'm from there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. My God, favorite thing when people go it's off about stuff like that is. I always say, I hope you plan to never eat out in a restaurant again. Yeah. If you get your way. <laughs> I hope you never, ever, you better, you're cooking the rest of your life. Yeah. Because I, I've worked, you know, I worked, I went to school in the, for restaurant, for, for, for pastry, and I've worked in yeah. restaurants. And I was like, let me tell you something that five star Michelin star kitchen, that restaurant that you went to in that kitchen are a bunch of Mexicans and South Americans. 
they're the ones that made that beef wellington <laughs> like like i've never if you want to find the most diverse cook south americans and mexicans they can cook anything because they've worked in so many restaurants well yeah have you seen the movie um a day without mexicans yes <laughs> pretty funny yes i'm <laughs> like i, I, I like Mexicans because typically they're going to be like, well, you're inclined to think that. And I like, no, man, I feel that what's one of the most beautiful things about this country is, you know, the diversity. Like I right. love, I love meeting people that are, you know, from different backgrounds because I feel like I learn about a different culture and, and it's just cool, man. Like eating, eating something from another culture. And like, what do you feel like eating today? Well, you know what, today I want to eat some chow mein. And what about tomorrow? Tacos. And what about tomorrow? Uh, a shawarma. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it, it just naturally kind of bleeds into filmmaking, right? You need different perspectives to tell different yeah. stories. Yeah. You know, percent, man, that's what makes this country like the, you know, amazing. It's the fact that we we're you know, we're, 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 a, we're a country of just like so many backgrounds, but we all ultimately want the same thing. The best for our family, to succeed and to live a, a pretty comfortable life or uh, the best life we can. Yeah. So yeah. why stop there? <laughs> you know what, uh, where, where this conversation went reminds me of ironically combining both politics and film was uh, that episode of the twilight zone. I sing the body electric. Wasn't that the one was I sing the body mm -hmm. electric. The one where like the town was all, they were all blaming each other. I haven't seen it. I, I might know. be wrong. Perry, if you're listening, you'll know which episode I got wrong. If there was an episode <laughs> where it was like basically a town that basically went against each other within moments mm. because they would find any little thing to criminalize their neighbor. Oh. And it was remember. so ahead of its time. It was, sounds well, like right huh? Sounds like right now. It does, but it was also that time because it was, you know, during during racism in that in that time, right. and we're right back there. So it's like when we were talking about that, I was like, "This is just like that damn Twilight Zone episode," and that was what fifty some odd years ago, yeah. sixty years ago, and we're still here in well, that exact politics position. Politics plays such a huge role in storytelling. Yeah, you know, you look at especially like in sci-fi, a lot of sci-fi movies. Yeah, a lot of the like the classic ones are are very politically driven. Or it has an undertone. Stuff, right, exactly. Yeah, there's like a nice undertone to it. Yep. I agree. So there you go. That's that's how, uh, you know, that's how it <laughs> works. Politics and film, it's all the same yeah. thing. <laughs> so, oh, should be, man. No, I agree. So when is uh when is the, the deadline for your um crowdfunding? Oh yeah. We're like, oh um, yeah, there are <laughs> Oh yeah, film stuff, right. <laughs> we still have forty two days left, but that shouldn't uh, mean people shouldn't check it out now. Sure. We're right. trying to if we get close to the end. And we're very close to the to the to the goal. Mm -hmm. We're going to start production because the movie takes place in the last week of December. So we need to shoot while there's not flowers blooming. And, right. and uh, I want to I want to get the movie done by the summer so uh, we can start submitting to film festivals and hopefully hopefully people get to see it by end of the year, beginning of next year. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah. And that adds up, but people don't realize that. Submitting to film festivals oh my God, is like... so much money. Ugh. Yep. And then not only that, but like going and supporting it and, you know... And oh, forget it. Yeah. Plane yeah. ticket. And, and sometimes sometimes film festivals help you out with the plane ticket and, and hotels and stuff. But, you know, some of them just don't have the budget or, you're, you know, your name is not a, 
you're not Coppola. You're not, you know right. what I That's mean? That's us. <laughs> right, right. That's us all the way. Yeah. <laughs> we usually, so, like, if it's not within driving distance of a couple of hours, we don't submit because yeah. it's like, we're not going to be able From to like, go to that. Like D.C. up or North Carolina up Yeah, it's like up D.C. up to, like, Maine. That's our cutoff. Yeah. <laughs> where are you guys based out of? We're in New York. We're in, we're, like, we're an hour north of Manhattan, so we're, yeah. you know... Um, like two hours from Boston. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. I screened Monday at uh, in New York. I think did I let you guys know? No, I don't know. <laughs> no, you did not. Well, this was in like April of last year. Yeah. Oh, something like that. But no, like I want to. I really like. Uh, I mean, obviously, I would love to go to Tribeca, obviously, but you know. I, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one film festival here that everybody always says that. Oh, maybe you'll make it into Tribeca. I'm like, maybe not. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't uh, know. My budget's not $2 million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Really No Film School just had this great podcast about how uh, it cans, you know, because everyone cans like the, the penultimate like fucking yeah. film festival. But it's like, it's it's is it really still a film festival? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like it's it's all not budget. independent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's for it's for people who are established. I don't know if Tribeca's on that same. They kind of trajectory. are. I mean, you kind of got to know people to get in there. Yeah. It's not you know. It's but like there's a film like no, I, I it's hard. It's 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 a festival that's like it's like Sundance. It's right. I I don't know if you guys have heard of the Soho Film Festival in New of York. Of course. Yeah. It's great. A great film festival. It's 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 flashy. There's budget. People are great. Good. Films, great auditoriums where they screen. I'm not kidding. I went once for a short film called Leslie that I did, mm-hmm. and now it's in Monday now. And I'm gonna try to go every time I can. The organizers are awesome. The parties are awesome. I've actually met people that I've worked with. You know how they always say it's about it's about marketing and yeah, you know, networking, networking, and then you never fucking hear from these people. Like, <laughs> yeah. And they, I did. I worked on a on a commercial in London, and a, a producer I met there, and I just spoke to him yesterday, and he was helping me with Indiegogo. That's like, cool. No, no, no. I actually his name is Angelo, um, and he's from Italy. He's actually in Italy right now. He's a super nice guy. Uh, uh, if you guys get a chance to, uh, his short film is called Cupids. Okay, you check it out. It's great. But yeah, Soho Film Festival is fantastic. I I also want to go to the uh, the Hamptons Film Festival. They told me it was really cool. Yeah, I've heard of that one as well. We haven't we haven't been to that one. I've wanted so to go to Soho because, you know. Well, we're going to go when he puts his film in there. Yeah, well, if he lets us know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just, I won't tell you. Just, <laughs> just don't tell me anything. Sorry, we already stalk him. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to definitely, like, I feel like uh, the, we were supposed to be wrapped by it, uh, the, the movie. So I'm going to try to see. I, I probably won't be able to submit it this year, but I'll figure something out uh, so we can. So we can uh, screen it around that neck of the woods because I do have a couple of friends and like Monday we I was I was I was astonished at the response uh, that Monday got at Soho because you know we're not from New York yeah our music supervisor is and invited a bunch of people but then a lot of people just came and we sold out like you know the theater was 140 people oh nice so wow cool I'm like you know what I'm coming back to New York people are incredibly nice supportive why the hell not yeah yeah so. Let, yeah, we, let, yeah. let us know when you're here and I'll let you know where the good tacos are. <laughs> oh, dude, we're going to have to go. To the, uh, we're going to definitely go eat tacos and like watch yeah. movies and bars. And we gotta go <laughs> in. what was that place called? The 80s, 
there's an 80s bar called the pyramid or the Egyptian. yeah everything's so different here like i i know i know 80s 90s new york oh. and then you know where once you left it all i left and like the boroughs, the outer boroughs became gentrified. And when I go there, I'm like, where the hell am I? Like, wh why is there like a hookah bar on like every corner? Like what is happening? Uh, but you know, the, you, you'll ne I, I'll never fail you food wise in the city. I know, <laughs> I know all the good food. So yeah. uh, that, that'll definitely happen. Well, uh, yeah. we went on enough of a tangent. We could talk to you for three hours uh, and we will after this probably, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up, uh, Alejandro. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, man. And tell so much uh, everybody where they can find uh, the, your Indiegogo and everything. The name of the film so that they could uh, uh, donate. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Honestly, this was a lot of fun. Um, they can go to my Instagram. It's my full name. Uh, I'm sure you guys will like type it down. Or yep. something yeah, because we'll yeah, have a link that, for everything. All that in the show notes. Tongue twister. A tongue twister. Alejandro. <laughs> <Montaya> Marin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then if you go to Indiegogo and you type in Millennium, uh, we're Millennium Bugs. That's our movie. Okay. That's our 90s dramedy film. Uh, so if you have a buck, two, five, whatever, please, uh, whatever you can spare. We've done, uh, we did a 48 uh, that we we just, uh, it just aired on L-Rate Network. We had $300. We could, you can check that out there. Then we did Monday for 7K with no crew. We're asking for 50 and now we have a team. Imagine what we can do if we can get that budget because the team that I have, man, I'm just like incredibly honored that they're willing to, you know, make less bread to bring this movie to, right. to life story. So anything, I, I I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Awesome. It's, it's a guarantee. Guarantee. Well, we'll <laughs> give you my Alejandro Montoya stamp. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be following you, obviously, and yep. and we'll be uh, we'll be in touch. And and as the production goes along, and when you're done, we'll obviously have you on again, so you can talk about that. And when you go through the fests, so thank you so much for being on. Maybe maybe oh, it'll even be in person when he's at a festival. Exactly. <laughs> it's gonna happen, man. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I want to. I definitely want to screen in New York. I love New York. I really do. I've been there four times um, and I love it. I try to go there almost every year because I just have a great time. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Cool. Cool, cool. Thank you for being on, man. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, what a nice guy. <laughs> what a nice What a nice He's fella. a nice boy. He's a nice boy. What a nice boy. He's awesome, man. He's just doing it. He's just doing, doing his it. thing. That's what you got to do, man. Doing his thing. That's awesome. So, yeah, we've been trying to get him on the show for a while, but schedules yeah. and crap. But we finally got him on. Yep. Excited. Excited to meet up with him if he ever comes this way. Yeah, it'd be cool. I'm excited for tacos. <laughs> tacos. <laughs> so, but it's not in Stanford because there's a great taco place in there's Stanford. There's good tacos in Stanford. Stanford's not that far. But yeah. my, my taco joint in the city is uh, Los Tacos. Yeah. They're so good. Is it the bomb? Sure, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's let's wrap this up. Yeah, so I actually uh, I remember uh, a fact check, fact check, fact check. Okay, I sing the body electric. I was like, this doesn't sound right. I feel like that's the one with the robotic grandmother, and it was. Um, it was uh, what the hell is it called again? Something about Maple the Street. monsters are due on Maple Street. Yeah, I think it was a season one episode. Yeah, um, like a little further in, and that was the episode that I was referencing, where it was like I think some kid lies about. 
aliens that he read in a book yeah and he gets the town that that the i I think it was that the aliens disguise themselves as people yeah so then everybody starts turning on one another because they're they're pointing the fingers that's probably what perry was yelling when you said (laughs) he's like idiot (laughs) (laughs) um that was the episode the monsters are due on maple strip 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 Good old maple strip. Oh, I'm just thinking about just thinking about oh, t- t- talking about thinking about maple bacon strips of maple, maple bacon. I just really want like an ado. Uh, was it adobada? Adobada. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, so good. Yeah, I'm hungry. Let's. Our uh, food sucks here. Fucking Putnam County. I just gave away our location. Oh, That's where the stalkers are coming. Stalkers That's are it. Coming. <laughs> I'm not um, having any stalkers yet. No. Someday. No, but if we do, it'll be all my fault. Yeah, thanks. Um, but we're in Putnam County, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Putnam County, New Zealand. Yeah. That's where we live. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, shout outs to Steady Geek and Reality Bomb, Bomb Comic Cast, Mega Brain Comics. Enough. Uh, uh, What's a brand no, Not up for debate. Not up for debate. Yep. I keep forgetting to mention that one. Yeah. Um, he, Brandon, Brandon, who's from Steady Geek and has another podcast, Not mm-hmm. Up For Debate, which is um, kind of like social, socioeconomical, yeah. political kind of, and some entertainment stuff. So mm-hmm. give that a listen. Um, yeah. And check out uh, Alejandro's um, uh, Indiegogo. His Indiegogo. We'll, we'll have the links link for everything. And there. Um, please Definitely donate. Support. We support it. We did, so we if did we can do it, just so you we can see can our do name it. in the credits on the Kickstarter. <laughs> Not because we wanted to be supportive no. of a fellow filmmaker, uh, because we just wanted to see our name in the credits. That's right. See our name in lights. <laughs> no, of course it's for support. Yeah. You gotta support people. Yeah. Maybe I always say if you can if you can justify going to Starbucks and you paying know, six dollars for everybody, a fucking coffee. I don't know when Starbucks became the because it's, it's like the ultimate it's, like it's, thing of like it's so, what if you don't go to Starbucks? It's so overrated and it's well, so yeah. inflated it's like in prices. For three cups of coffee, you could support my movie, but it's like why can't it be something else? Like because Dun- it, look, Duncan, right? Because they they uh, drop the donuts. Uh, yeah. Duncan is is the poor man Starbucks, right? right. So like okay, and you're really gonna from, submit a from, film? From, you're gonna support a film? It would for take a, twelve <laughs> cups of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. You can support <laughs> me. <laughs> but it's it's the absurdity of Starbucks. Yeah. The fact that you're you're basically getting the same damn thing at any other coffee place, yeah. except it's a Starbucks. And if you're willing to pay, if you're the kind of person that can right. be like, oh yeah, no, I'll pay six dollars for a cup of coffee for a cup of coffee. You can sub- you, you can submit to your friends, right? But th- I think it should be more. They should come up with a uh, something that you can that's relate to. That's not look for a taco meal. You can help support my f- my, my my film. Something more right? relatable. Yeah, you can go to Chipotle and spend eight dollars on a fucking burrito or mm-hmm. whatever it is they have over there on yeah. their Tex-Mex version of Mexican food. One you month can, of Netflix, you can support my. Movie. There you go. <laughs> Just start throwing them out there. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> For a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> you can help Skip a haircut me. this month and support my movie. <laughs> Just go or his shaggy. Movie. And we'll okay. be saying the same thing when we're doing our crowdfunding page. If That's you right. can go to Starbucks. You can go to Starbucks. You can help support our film. Damn it. I feel like there's an Onion article in there that says, like, Starbucks is sick and tired of being compared to for Being used as, a, as an example yeah. for, for crowdfunding. Yeah. Well, start, you know, all I can say is stop charging people ridiculous amounts for coffee yeah. or smoothies or whatever. I don't even well, go there. Whatever. Know. They could charge whatever they want. It's the people that are paying for it. If people here wouldn't pay we, for it, we they go wouldn't again. charge it. The soapbox Capitalism, is out. Capitalism, man. The soapbox is out. We're at the podium. Yeah. 
and we've we've gone on a political kind of socio-economical like tangent put a nice little button on that (laughs) all right let's get the hell out of here always good for it do we have a guest next week uh, I don't think we do. It's just going to be us. Oh, so it'll just be us uh, ranting and raving again about stuff. Ramble on. I felt like we on. did, but maybe we don't. Front and back. Front and back. No, uh, as yeah. of right now, we do not. End of the month, I think. I have a couple of people that I want to try to get on the show, though. Yeah, we have. We may potentially have a guest um, for the, the uh, towards the end of the month. Right. Again, schedules conflict, so mm-hmm. we try not to make promises. Mm-hmm. We try to be like that mm-hmm, religious, mm-hmm, that, that, mm-hmm, oh my God. <laughs> God. It's lunchtime. That's yeah. how I know you're hungry because yeah. you're losing your shit. I've become a 12 year old <laughs> when I'm hungry. Have a I, Snickers. I hadn't noticed the difference. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh! Shots fired. All Would right. you like some ointment for that burn? Um, we'll see you next week. See you next Thanks week. for tuning in. Okay. Bye. We couldn't decide on a song. We loved We couldn't decide on a song. We couldn't decide on a song, so we came up with this one.